Hey, Ignition. What's up? How are you? Oh my gosh, that was so weak. How are you? We haven't seen you in a while. Well, my name is Amber Dismute. If I have not met you before, welcome. I'm so excited uh, to be up here today and um, to be bringing the word of God to you. I just want to take another moment uh, to get centered. So if you wouldn't uh, mind bowing your heads and praying with me um, as we pray to our Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come in this room. We ask that the baggage that we brought in here will be left at the foot of the cross. We ask that no student, no adult, no person that enters into this room will leave here the same way that they came in. Father, we ask that the hearts of these students and adults and myself would be open for you to minister your word to us so that we can leave transformed. So that we can not only just hear your word, but we can be doers of your word. Father, we thank you for getting us all here safely. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, even when we can't see it. God, we pray for a miracle tonight. We pray for healing to happen. We pray for restoration. We pray for revival. And we pray that your spirit will fall on everyone in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. How many of you have heard that song that just played as I came up here? Show of hands. Some of you. Yeah, that's great. Um, it kind of shows my age a little bit. I was just traveling this last week with my son, Kyrie. And um, we were on a long road trip. And so I was like, let's just turn on some music. Like, let's just, let's just vibe to something. You know, I haven't listened to something different in a while. So I went to my Pandora and I turned on 2000s R&B and hip-hop. And this is a song that came on. And it's ironic that I'm sitting here listening to this song um, because, does anyone know the title of that song? Live Your Life, Live your life right? And that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. You've been in a series called The Devil's Game. And that's exactly what the devil would want you to think, that this is your life. That he wants you to live it the way that you want to, right? But when we establish Jesus, when we establish the fact that our lives have been transformed... We can't just live our life the way that we want it to. And there's a lot of things. Uh, the scripture tonight didn't exactly match what I had, so I'm going to give you what I have here. It says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. So I'm allowed to do things, but not everything is good for me, right? And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Jesus came so that we would have freedom and not live in bondage. But a lot of times we fall into the devil's game. What are some of the traps that we can fall into? What are the things that can enslave us? Well, let's jump in. Now, I know some of you are looking at this and you're like, Amber, let's not get out of hand here. These are all great places to eat. They're fast food places for the most part, right? And I know some of you are looking and you're like, stop coming for me. I love my pink Starbucks drink. Like, stop coming for me. I may get this every day and stop judging me, Amber. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to bring what the word says. And some of you are like, it's a tradition for me to leave here every Wednesday night and stop at Culver's and get a concrete mixer. Maybe I get the kids meal so that I can get some free ice cream. I get it. Like, I'm guilty of it too. I live two blocks from here. Like, Culver's and me, we've become too good of friends. McDonald's. Okay, let's be real. I don't think McDonald's has the best food, but they do have great fries, right? Like, can I get an amen? Anybody like McDonald's fries? 
Everybody loves a good slice of pizza. I've never met a person that doesn't like pizza because you can make it however you want it, right? You can literally put anything on it nowadays. Do I got any Popeye fans in the house? Anybody like Popeyes? (laughs) Okay, me specifically, I love Popeyes, all right? I know some of you are thinking like Amber. There's Chick-fil-A on here. This is the Lord's chicken. Like, you're, you're messing up here. Actually, I've bitten into some chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A, and I don't know that it's the Lord's chicken. It's been nasty and grisly, and I am not about that life. But I've never bitten into a nasty Popeye's chicken sandwich. So if you've never had one of those in your life, I suggest you check it out. So what I'm going to say over and over again tonight Just because you, I want want you to say the highlighted part for me, okay? Just because you doesn't mean you, okay, that is the big idea for tonight. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Just because I can eat out every day doesn't mean I should. When I was growing up, I was a very thin teenager, and I have a couple older sisters, and one of my older sisters would always say to me, you can't keep eating like that. It's going to catch up with you someday. And I thought, eh, I got a high metabolism. I really like dill pickle chips. I'm just going to keep eating junk because I'm a teenager and I don't want to listen to you. But I realized that she wasn't just talking about it was going to catch up with me physically. It was going to catch up with me spiritually. My body, what looked like inside, was not going to be the same as it looked like pre-eating all that junk food and all those dill pickle chips, right? I may be able to eat fast food every single day. You could probably eat fast food for lunch, breakfast, and dinner in the Des Moines area for years and not eat at every restaurant, right? I mean, there are so many options. The world makes it very easy for this to be our go-to. There's nothing wrong with this being a go-to sometimes. I get it, I'm a mom. Life is chaotic. Once a week probably we hit up some spot, maybe not even on here, okay? But when we choose to put that in a position and make that our God, where that's always our go-to, that's always our choice, that's not what God wants. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. So what does God say about food? What does he say about eating? What does he say about drinking? It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. I'm sorry, but eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich every day, even though it's the Lord's chicken, is not going to glorify God. So what are you putting in your body? The next scripture says, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All of food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. What does that mean, Amber? I have a friend named Nicole, uh, and for Lent, those of you that were here last week, you know we celebrated Ash, Ash Wednesday. Some of you have decided, I know myself, I've decided to give up Facebook. I don't even actually have Facebook. My husband has Facebook, and I caught myself scrolling on that thing for way too long. And God was like, eh, you will going to get off that and spend some time in the Word. So my friend Nicole, she has decided um, that she needed to give up fast food. Now, would I be a good friend if I said, Nicole... I want to invite you to Popeye's with me, and I want you to sit and watch me eat this food. Would I be a good friend? No, not a good friend. That's not a good friend. She has chosen to give up something because God wants to do work in her. It's not about the food. It's about what God wants her to do. And if I present a temptation to her, do you think she might stumble? That can be, uh, that's kind of our problem. When we labor ourselves Christian, And we decide we're going to go to this party, right? 
and we decide we're just going to smoke a little bit, we're just going to drink a little bit, we're just going to do what everyone else is doing, why would your friends that are not believers ever want to follow Jesus? You look the exact same as them. You have not been transformed. Why would they want that? That's the importance of this scripture. When you decide to follow Jesus, you may fail. I get it. I fail. But the point of it is, is to try to do what God is calling you to do. Try to follow the commandments that he has given. Try to stay clear from temptation. Try to do what he is calling you to do to fulfill whatever purpose or plan he has for your life. And I guarantee you, it is not eating fast food every single day, right? But what are some of the other traps that we can fall into? What are some of the other things that, you know, we can do it a little bit, but if we do it too much, it might not be good for us. Just because you doesn't mean you. All right, so we're going to talk about social media for a second. Technology, okay? Can I get a show of hands of a person that does not have social media? Oh, I got a couple people in the room. Okay, that's awesome. Can I get a show of hands of the people that do have apps or a phone or social media? Okay, the majority of you do, which is what I figured. I'm not here to tell you that your cell phone needs to go in the trash, that your parents need to deactivate it. That's not what I'm here to do. That's not what I'm going to tell you. What I'm trying to tell you is just because you can be on Instagram for eight hours a day, I know some of you, if I looked at your phone and I saw how many hours a day you were on there, I'd be like, do you know how much money you could make at a job spending this much time? Like for real. Like you spent 36 hours this week on Instagram. And guess who's getting paid off that? Probably not you. Anybody got a check in here? Anybody really got a check? No one. All right. So if no one has a check in here, who is getting paid off that? Instagram. Not you. Right? Snapchat. Anybody not have Snapchat? A couple people don't have Snapchat. That's great. Some of y'all do. What about Netflix? Who's binging Outer Banks right now? I need to know. All right, don't ruin it for me. Don't ruin it for me. YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. I want you to know that these things, they're not bad. Technology is not bad. Facebook is not bad. But it's what we do with it, right? I want to tell you a quick story from the Bible real quick. This is Cain and Abel, okay? They're brothers, God created them with a specific skill set and talent, okay? They used tools, a.k.a. early forms of technology, to work the grounds and care for animals. Cain, the brother here with the big rock, sinned and chose to kill his brother. Technology, or the tool, didn't make him sin. He chose to take the God-given gifts that God has given them and use them for evil. Let me break it down for you real quick. If you're like, Amber, this is old. He's got a stone. We're talking about an iPhone 13. I don't know what iPhone you have or what number it's on right now. When you choose to jump into someone's DM and say something terrible to them, when you choose to comment on someone else's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or whatever it may be, and you choose to use it for evil... That technology is not evil. It's your action that's being evil, right? When we choose to put technology on the throne of our heart, 
What do you think happens? It can't fulfill with the only thing our heart is designed for, which is Jesus, right? It can't fulfill that need. It's temporary. The world tells you that it can. The world tells you, get all these followers, get all these likes, get all these views. But my question is, you may have a lot of followers. But are they following you? Or are they following what you post, the picture that you're distorting to make it look like your life is perfect. Because when I look at Facebook, when I look at Instagram, when I look at those things, that's what I see. Right? Now, this is a trigger warning before I hit the next slide. I want you to know I'm gonna go a little bit deeper, okay? Just because you doesn't mean you yeah, I went there. So for those of you that can, that sat, the, the, for those of you that really love Jesus, that sat up really close, you can see this. I'm just kidding. You all love Jesus. But for those of you that are really up close, you can see what this is. Just because you can have apps like this one right here doesn't mean you should. For those of you that have Snapchat, you all have an option to view this. It says, my eyes only. You have the option to store photos in there of yourself or someone else. Why, why is that a big deal? Just because you can do that doesn't mean you should. Every single person in here is a child of God. And when you decide to post pictures or to send pictures or receive pictures of a person's body, do you think that's glorifying God? You're trying to fulfill a need or a desire that can't be fulfilled through, through somebody sending you a nude or you sending one. I'm going to touch on sex for a minute. And yes, I said it's sex. I know Nick talked about it a couple weeks ago, but I'm going I'm to bring it up because it matters. Sometimes in Christianity, we are told one thing, sex is bad. Don't do it. That's not what I'm going to say. Because it's not true. Sex is a gift. In fact, God created it. I've had lots of conversations recently with my son in regard to this. He is 10 years old. We've had this conversation a lot. Why? Because he's a Christian boy. Because he's growing up. This next week at school, they're going to have the talk. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The fifth grade talk. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, about how our body changes. One thing I want to remind you is if you have decided, if you have made that choice to have sex outside of marriage, that does not mean that you're a bad person. But just because you did make that choice doesn't mean you have to continue to keep making that choice. And for those of you that didn't make that choice yourself but somebody else made it for you, I want you to know that God can restore your purity as well. I want you to know that God sees you, that God loves you, that God cares for you. See, sex is designed as a gift in the context of marriage. And how I explain it to my son is, if I give you a bow and arrow and a target, that's a really cool gift. It's fun, right? But if you take away the target and start shooting people, is that a good gift? 
No. For those of you that said, yes, see me after, we need to talk. That is not a good gift. What was meant for a gift, what was meant for good, was used for evil. And who is the target? Everyone else, right? Those around you? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Now, some of these things are illegal. Some of these things are legal. If you are of age, right? We got some friends partying over here, some friends at a concert, hanging out at a party, having a good time. We got DraftKings. We got marijuana. We got a vape. We got some other things that are very illegal right here and not legal in any state. Some of you are like, DraftKings? Why is that bad? They're the official sponsor of the NBA, right? Just bid $5, you can win 100 God gave you money, right? God gave all of us money to be good stewards over. This whole series is talking about the devil's game. When you decide to take money that God gave you and put it in the hands of the enemy, what do you think is going to happen? Nothing good can come from it, right? You might win a few times. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I done lost my house, my dog, my car, everything. How did I get sucked into this? That is his game. Same with marijuana. It's legal in a lot of states. Do you think you make good choices when you're high? No, you don't. It might be legal, but just because the world says you can do it doesn't mean you should. I know some of you have decided to use that substance and then rolled through Hardee's, which gross, and spent $50 that you didn't even have because you were high and you had the munchies. Like, let's be real. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. What does God say about it? Well... Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Did you know that the enemy knows you too? Did you know he prowls and waits for you? Where can I jump in? Ooh, she's drunk again. This is a great opportunity. Oh, She's on social media again, comparing herself to everyone. I'm going to make her think thoughts that she's not good enough. Maybe she shouldn't be here. This is the devil's game. When we decide to put those things on the throne of our heart, it enslaves us. We walk around thinking, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I want to live anymore. We walk around thinking, I'm not skinny enough. We walk around thinking like, I cannot wait for this teacher to stop talking so I can run to the bathroom and hit my vape real quick. When you choose to not have a sober mind, you allow the enemy access to you. And so it's like, okay, Amber, cool. You just told us all these things not to do. What are we supposed to do? How do we even know? I'm going to take you back to the garden in Genesis 3. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's what he does. Did God really say that if you have sex, you can get pregnant? Did God really say that if you try that drug run time, you might get hooked? Let's read the rest of the scripture. 
The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, you will not certainly have, you know, you can have one drink. What will that hurt? The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when we eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. Is that what we do sometimes? We sin and we invite other people into our sin? Because it's lonely, right? Then the eyes of them were both opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. What did they do after that? Why are they covering themselves? They're hiding. Isn't that what we do? We get ourselves in a mess and then we hide from God. I want to tell you something. That's not what God wants for you. When you make a decision, when you hurt someone, when you harm yourself, I want you to know that. God wants you to come running to him. God sees you. God cares. God loves you. Some of you are thinking, like, I don't know how to get out of this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Jesus was tempted three times consecutively. If the God of the universe that put on flesh is tempted, do you think that you'll be tempted too? But how did Jesus get out of that? How did he escape it? His word. Some of you are thinking, I don't, I, okay, cool. Like, I don't want to play this devil's game. I, I want to play God's game. How do I do that? I want to invite you to something. We started at the beginning of the year reading the whole Holy Bible together. It is not too late to jump in. Talk about it in your group. Ask a leader, hey, will you help me? What can I do to learn the word of God? Because I want to tell you something real quick. Do you know why uh, Satan was able to tempt Jesus? Because he knew God's word. But I want to remind you of something. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. If you are struggling right now with a pornography addiction, if you are struggling with an alcohol addiction, with sending pictures to someone, maybe you don't even see that it's a problem, but it's a problem. Maybe you're struggling with eating. Maybe you're struggling with comparison or an eating disorder. Body dysmorphia. I don't know what it is. You're struggling with something. I want you to know that you're not alone, that you don't have to walk through this alone, that right now you may feel like you're in bondage, but that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came so that you would have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came so that you would have freedom. So along with knowing God's word, along with knowing the devil's game, we need to know who we are and whose we are. I think my clicker stopped working. Oh, and it did. You want to hit the next one? Jacob? Oh, one more back. 
1 Corinthians 6.12. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit. Did you know that you are one spirit with Christ? Did you know that when you do things to your body, when you choose to smoke or drink or um, have sex or eat things, you're not just doing it to your body. Your body and your spirit are connected. That's why when we do something bad, it's not just like, oh, I did that bad thing. We feel it, right? We think about it. Scripture says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. I don't know about you, but I've never been so excited to be labeled dead or to die and to be new in Christ so that I can be hidden there. It says in Ephesians 5.8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. Did you know you were the light of the world? You are the light of the world. I believe if you're sitting in this room that you've accepted Jesus or maybe you're thinking about it. I believe that if you're sitting in this room and you go among non-believers that you want them to believe. You want them to have an everlasting life. You want to be transformed. Hit the next slide, please. Isaiah 41.3. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who has formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Whatever you're going through, whatever has happened, whatever you feel like you're in bondage from, you can be set free from. You have been redeemed. Did you know that God knows you by name? You. Did you know that he calls you his? Not just my father. Did you know he's your father? John 15, 15. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. So many of us are walking around like this. I want to tell you, I can't assume that every single person in this room knows Jesus. I can't assume that maybe you're not new tonight and you're like, hey, my friend invited me. I don't know anything. I'm just sitting here really awkward because this is uncomfortable. I want to tell you about a God that loves you so much that knitted you together in your mother's womb. That when he sees you, he is excited. That every tear you have ever cried, he has collected because he cares that much for you. So much that he sent his only son, he only had one, y'all, one son to die for you so that whatever you do, it has been forgiven. You are no longer a slave, but you get to walk in freedom. He sent his son to die for you. He sent his son to die for me. And on the third day, he rose again to prove that, man, I don't know about you, but I've been hit with some death lately. And the only hope that I have is that I will see those people again someday again. Why? Because when Jesus came, he didn't just take us away from bondage. He didn't just heal people. He didn't just allow miracles to happen. 
He conquered the one thing that every single person in this room will face someday, and that is death. And I have so much hope in knowing that you have a God that loves you that sent his son to die for you so that not only would he do all those things I listed, but that you would be united in him someday. You would be united with your friends, with your family, with your people. And I don't know about you, but I need that hope. We all need that hope. So tonight, I'm gonna close in prayer. I want us to all close our eyes. I want us to all think about that thing that maybe we came in, that maybe we came in shackles today. But we're gonna leave in freedom because we are children of God. Father God, oh, thank you so much. Thank you for every single student that walked in here. May they know that you have a plan for them, that you have a purpose for them, that their identity is in you, that they don't have to conform to the ways of the world, Father, that they can be who you've designed and created and called them to be. Father, if they walked in here in bondage, may they leave in freedom. May they know who you are, Father. May they see your heart. May those of us that are walking around as Christians, may we be bold enough to show people your heart through our kindness, through our actions, through our love. And Father, may our identity be rooted in you. May we not be a slave to anything because of what your son did. And may we have hope that even in our death, we'll be united in Christ. We'll be, re be reunited with those that we've lost, that we love. Father, I pray that no one that came in this room leaves here the same way. Maybe it's through worship. Maybe it's through this message. Maybe it's through their small group. But God, peel off a layer so that healing can happen. Let them know that if somebody is feeling like, hey, I don't know if my life matters, this is your sign. You matter. You make a difference. God has a plan for you. Don't give up. Hold on to hope. After all, that's the place you're sitting. We thank you, and it's in Jesus' mighty name that we say and we pray. Amen.